Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here. I'm the host of the Common Sense Show, and you're listening to the show that is Freeing America, One Enslaved Mind at a Time. And uh, thank you for listening to us across all our basic venues, including Global Star Radio Network, KYAH Radio, our home base radio station, and also our newest edition, and we're so proud to be a part of them, Red State Talk Radio. And I can tell you, they are huge. All these uh, entities are tremendous. We're also on all the major podcast services. So lots of places to find us. Now, some of you who wrote to me and say, Dave, you don't tell us enough about this. Okay, we've done that now. We have a terrific guest for you today. We're going to be talking about all things economic. And right now, the world's eyes are turning to China economically for some very good reasons. To do that, we're going to be talking with Robert Kudla. He's back for his regular visit in which we go through the latest economic trends and what people need to know to make the best choices for themselves. Bob, thanks for joining us. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Well, it's always great to have you on because I don't think I've had a guest, and I've got great guests, but I don't think I've had a guest who's called the economy as well as you have over the last several years. Everything you have said has come into play, and you've got some pretty tough predictions uh, I don't even want to say predictions. I want to say you're you're making some astute observations that are very disturbing to me with regard to China. Yeah, you know we've we've been talking about China for quite a bit, and and it, the fractures are starting to become more apparent now to everybody. So just to set the stage, you know China has many advantages. Obviously, you know you, you hear about them all the time through the uh, our state media, but they have three really distinct disadvantages. You know, one is they don't have enough food, uh, produce enough food internally to feed their people. They can't produce enough energy for their their people or for their businesses. And they're the largest credit Ponzi on earth. And all three of these things are now starting to work against China. For example, obviously oil has doubled since a year ago, yes, our expectation is double oil will probably double. will go to, into the one twenties sometime next year. Number two is food, and if you noticed, um, they've been buying up food around the world. However, now Brazil and Argentina are suffering from um, major cold waves in in areas that shouldn't get cold. And and Australia, they basically uh, fractured the relationship there. <clears throat> and so they've been buying a lot from the United States. And but now, over the last two weeks, they've had two major dams in Inner Mongolia fail. They're major wheat-growing regions up there. They lost 50,000 acres in one day in, in their prime growing regions. Those two dams are just the tip of the iceberg. They have over 100,000 dams that were built in the 50s and 60s through the communist slave labor. They're all starting to, they're all starting to buckle now from age because they weren't made with the best, you know, engineering, the best materials. You mean kind of like the Oroville Dam in Northern California? Exactly, except that these are worse. A lot of these are earthen dams, Dave. Isn't that what Oroville is, too? I think Oroville is an earthen dam. Yeah, you know, you're right. It was a spillway that was concrete that basically got undercut. So it's a problem. uh, People tell me that had it not been for the drought, that the Oroville Dam would already be gone, and the whole Central Valley would have been in danger. It so, would, it would yeah, like China, like California, huh? 
Yeah, there's a lot of similarities, my friend. And um, and so you have, and that now we have the drought here too, so we can't. They're 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 the biggest almond importer in the world. I don't know if people knew that. We export walnuts and almonds to China, and um, and so those areas are all in drought stress. And the last area, though, is the most important: is that they they basically built their economic success on a house of cards, not unlike us, but they did it on turbo. Their 330 percent of GDP is their debt, and there's um. There's a company out there called Evergrande. Everybody needs to get that burned can, into their can, brain. Can you say that again? Evergrande, E-V, I think it's E-V-A-R-G-R-A-N-D-E, or it's Ever, E-V-E-R. So they, it's it's um, it's their largest property developer, probably the world's largest property developer. They're starting to default or reschedule notes. And you know real estate in China is big Ponzi. So if that goes, it's gonna implode China like a black hole. And it's probably going to cause stress throughout the world because we're all getting more and more interlinked. And so it's a problem that people need to pay attention to. And it really started with uh, when Tether, the stable coin in, in the crypto space, started to come under scrutiny. And we, we think Evergrande may be in, connected with the Tether issue. And I think once they stopped issuing Tether coins, Evergrande ran out of its ability to fund their debt. And it's becoming a big problem. So keep okay. an eye on. It. And Tether might be. Well, you know, you know. But before you go on with that, this reminds me of 2015 and our housing crash. Yeah, and uh, and you know, you know, also too, uh, Tunisia is starting to bubble up the surface. Tunisia was the, the iceberg of the of the Arab Spring in 2011. So we have a lot of things coming at us here, really hard. And what's been propping up our stock market, Dave, is the dollar's been strong. And, and our, our yields have been steady, and so it's allowed us to speculate, well, the yields are starting to fall, and if the dollar rolls over and the yields fall, that's not good for the stock market. Everybody always thinks, oh, falling dollar is good for the market. It is until it isn't, and then it becomes a millstone around your neck. And and look well, look where we are at the stock market. I mean, we're at nosebleed levels. You, you sneeze wrong, and this thing could be down 10 15%. So we have a lot of things that are now that we're good guys that are starting to become bad guys, and you're going from virtuous to vicious. With, with regard to the uh, the dollar being strong, it's almost like my ears want to cringe when I hear you say it, because we're before much longer we're going to be over forty trillion dollars in debt, and then we're talking about doing away with the rent prohibitions and putting millions on the street. Um, how can the dollar survive all that? Yeah, it's kind of perverse. So one thing that people need to understand is the dollar is made up of two components. It's the dollar that you see in your wallet and you see in your bank account, and it's the dollar that's created as debt. And so as debt is expanding, it actually is dollar negative because we're producing more dollars via debt. When debt either gets paid back or people default, there's less total dollars out there, Dave. And what happens then is the dollar looks like it's getting stronger only because there's less dollars available and people are scrambling for dollars to pay uh, their dollar-denominated debt. Most of the world debt out there is dollar-denominated. So mm -hmm. when this thing starts to roll over, ironically, of all things, the dollar will get really strong because everybody will be selling everything else. And then at some point, the dollar goes... And the only thing really left then at that point is is gold. 
What does that day look like when the dollar goes? Okay, so when the dollar goes, yes, it'll it'll it basically it it'll you'll see it. You can't see it against any other currencies. You're only going to see it against what you have to pay for necessities. Okay, so we had a taste of it right the last six months with the prices of everything kind of going up against the dollar. That's what it looks like. Now, some of that right now is supply shock, but eventually it's going to be there's going to be enough supply. It's just that the dollar people people are going to want more dollars to 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 exchange for a good. That's what it's going to look like. There's going to be it's going to be plenty of stuff available. It's just that you're not going to be able to afford it. That's why I always say when I coined the phrase inflationary depression, that's what it's going to look like. It's going to look like there's abundance, but you and I can't buy it because because of the cost. Because of, yeah, because the dollar the dollar won't be able to buy enough of those things and it's going to be in the in the, in the necessities and then you'll start seeing sales volume drop when you say necessities can you define that for someone who doesn't know what you mean what's that when you say that we're going to see the increases in what you call the necessities can you define necessities for people yeah so i the, the, to me it's the big four right it's food energy rent and health care okay and and so those are the four things you need to live on Everything else is a nice to have. And so you, we got a taste of it with this pandemic. So if you didn't like it now, you know, things are going to price stable off. We already had the big inflationary move. But now what's going to happen is that your, your dollar's ability to buy those things are going to continue to fall over time. That's when you'll know the dollar is losing it as a fiat currency. Okay. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, if the rent prohibition is lifted as planned, um, what kind of impact will that have? You know, I think, well, first of all, um, it'll be awful for the people that will start getting kicked out, but it'll also bring on a lot of supply, right? So you may get a bit of a reprieve in the growth of rent prices, and then, um, and then what's going to happen is that... Uh, Rent will be just unaffordable because you're not going to be able to make enough money to pay the rent anyway. But I think rent is oh probably right now. <clears throat> you just said a mouthful. Okay, I, I'm stunned. You're saying that uh, we're headed to inflationary rent where the average person's not going to be able to afford to pay it? Yeah, I mean, look, it's already happening in some places. You can't, you can't live. I live in Southern California, and so, you know, we're used to kind of higher prices here anyway. So I'm at an age now where we're saying, hey, maybe we should probably sell our house. Let's look at a, a nice apartment. So Dana Point lives is by me. It's not even Ocean View, but it's down closer to the ocean, brand new. They want $6,000 a month rent. Okay. <laughs> oh, now, my. That's just a standard three-bedroom apartment, which is just utterly ridiculous. It's three times my mortgage. And so, you know, you... You're getting to a point now where, where the, the, because institutions now are coming into these rental markets, they can afford to wait you out, you know, so they don't care if something sits on the market for two or three months, unlike a homeowner who needs to have that cash flow to cover their, their nut. These guys are all working off of cash. And, and so you're going to, you're going to see more and more of those kind of scenarios where, you know, you're going to be looking at 40% of your of your salary going to rent. We're going to become like the rest of the world. 
America had two great advantages. Food didn't cost that much and housing didn't cost that much. But now we're becoming like the rest of the world where between food and housing is going to be 80% of your income and you're not going to have money for anything else. And and that's what we're going to have to keep an eye on. You know, Bob, if I was a, a dictator and I wanted to make the people desperate and bring them under my sword, I would make it really hard for them to get food and housing and I'm the only one that could grant dispensation. Do you see any evidence of that scenario that I just laid out? Well, we're seeing it in the housing market, okay? And we're seeing now these this they're trying to back into a social system with the uh, with the current <clears throat> health environment. That's a good way for me to get around the uh, algo. And um, and so you have a situation where they're going to probably try to start using that. You notice they start with this, and then public health will become food. You're already hearing it that beef's not good for you, right? Yeah. You know, you're, you're you're already hearing about this is not good for you, that's not good for you, and if they can succeed in their current in their current uh, environment, what's going to prevent them? They never look back. They always keep grabbing more. Yeah, I think so. And uh, if, and especially if they go with the digital currency, they could track everything you have. They could cancel you on social media. They could cancel your bank account in the new environment. So yeah, I could definitely see that. Look, if you're a dictator, you don't want to worry, you know, worry about people. You just want to just silence them. You know, I'll just flip your bank account off. That'll get you in line. You know, protest all you want until you have to eat. <laughs> you know. Oh my God! I, yeah, I I see exactly where this is going. Um, this isn't a, an exact parallel, but I was reading about Stalin and Ukraine because I was trying to look up uh, where Ukraine is at with regard to Russia right now. And what I found was Stalin actually told a New York Times reporter named Durante, he said, there are too many people in Ukraine to kill. He said, I'm just going to cut their food off. Yeah, one thing about Durante, he was in Stalin's pocket. Yeah, Stalin. yeah. oh, you're absolutely right, yes. yes. Yeah, New York Times, if people had any objective, they've been a tool for dictators since the Wayback Machine. And, uh, yeah, Durante was given... He was given his building. He was given suites. He was given money for parties. He basically had the whole, the whole um, reporter pool in the, in the world. They they couldn't leave Moscow either, which is really fascinating. So, and you know, look, Stalin, uh, you know, he um, he collectivized all of the Ukrainian farms, and that was an absolute disaster. And you know, now they're doing. See, America is different. We we like to do our fascism, our communism through fascism. So we'll just get Bill Gates to do that for us, you know, and we'll get these other companies to do that for us. You mean you'll yeah. eat bugs and like it? Yeah, they'll, they'll just say, look, we, we decided that we're going to turn the 4 million acres of corn that we have, we're going to turn it over now to to buffalo grass, you know, and next thing you know, nobody can afford beef. <clears throat> That's kind of how I think it's going to go versus dictates from the government. The government realizes they have to get around this, this representative democracy that we have that with minority rights and blah, 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 blah. So they'll just, they'll just get these megacorps to do the work for them. And that's what you see, you know, the megacorps doing everything right now. They'll block you here, they're woke here, they're woke there. And, and um, yeah, but, you know, I'm an optimist, though, Dave, and I, I'm already seeing the pendulum coming flying back, looking at Europe. You know, my philosophy on life is things don't matter to people till they matter to people, and it's starting to matter to people. And I, I think I agree. Uh, politicians are cowards. 
And so they'll, they'll, um, Macron is already relenting a little bit on this, and it's just going to encourage the people to get even more and more angry. In Italy, the police basically are marching with the people, so I expect Italy's passport program to fail utterly. And Canada, all Canada has to happen to Canada is that their, their grain market um, you know, fields fail next year because they can't get enough grown, and Canada will come back in line too. So it's um so I'm, I'm confident so I, I, it's just that we have to go through this pain unfortunate pain we have to go through hopefully that we can come out the other side of it a little bit smarter a little bit wiser you make it sound like we're going to get through this yeah i mean you have to you have to you know you're 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 a realist and an optimist and you're a guy that walks around the walls first thing is you got to recognize the problem and that's what we do here today right we're, we're explaining the problem, but there's solutions to these problems. And I, I have confidence in the American people that, that, you know, they'll tolerate things until point. Look, they touched mama bear on this pandemic and mama bear bit back. And I think you're, you're going to see more and more of that. And what I mean by mama bear, they touched the schools, the lockdowns, you know, they're stuck with their kids. Kids can't afford camp now you know, so on and so forth. So I think it's very, very, very important. And that's, that's the Democrat, that's the reason why the Democrats claim victory in this last, <clears throat> this last election is because the suburban mom leaned that direction. And, and so I don't think they got the suburban mom for this next go around at all. Well, the critical race theory with the school board, uh, dictatorial control over curriculum. I mean, that's really turned them off. I've looked at over 70 videos from school board meetings from around the country, and it's the soccer moms that are standing up to it. Absolutely, and it's not just that. They don't like the inflation, they don't like the expensive, the car expenses. All that stuff touches mom before it touches dad. And 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 they, they'll react to it. And and so, that's why I said I'm, I'm very confident. You're starting to see pushback everywhere. And, and I think, uh, you we don't get to see it because obviously we know why, they just don't, let that stuff get published, but stuff leaks out, and more and more you, you start seeing that people are, are reacting to these things and, and people relent. You know, at school board, you got to live with these people, so it's not like you're you're the governor and you can hide in your castle. You know, if you're a school board member, you know, you're walking down the street, you're going to the grocery store, you're going to run into mama, you know, and you're going to get an earful. And so uh, I think that's where we start. Well, it's true, but I, I've observed the school boards. They most of, Sometimes they try to suppress the free speech. That happens about 10% of the time. But the rest of the time, they sit there stoically, and they just let people vent, shoot off steam, like, okay, that's nice, thank you, now we're moving on with business, and what you've said doesn't matter. And I'm thinking, these are elected positions. That's what's shocking about this. It, I mean, the soccer moms are pissed and they're becoming activists i know because they're coming to my venues yeah and look and, they, and now they're showing up week after week or month after month they're showing up at pta meetings you know um uh, they're, they're engaging with the teachers and the school board members out in the world okay and that's the last thing you want to do is to start getting harassed you know as a politician you, you're gonna you're not gonna like it you know so but yeah, so that's why it's come, and it's just going to expand. <clears throat> so, 
and and uh, and some of the stuff is getting into the courts that if you get to the right appellate court, you know, uh, then then you know they're starting to stop some things too. You know, it may not even have to get to the Supreme Court on some of this stuff as long as they, they just don't have to take the case. And so you're starting to see a lot of these lawsuits in in friendly venues for conservative people, and I think you're going to see more and more of that. And look, and they totally screwed up. This whole NFL thing is going to blow up in their face. You know, look at are NBA. you talking about the woke policies? Yeah, NBA is a joke. Yeah, and they're embarrassing themselves at the Olympics. The soccer went woke. They embarrassed themselves at the Olympics. You know, so some of the stuff you're getting a little bit of the karma action coming back on these guys. So, and I had uh, a couple of young people tell me, "I hope the U.S. loses everything. I'm so tired of their disrespect for the flag and the country." And th we're talking uh, people like 20, 21 years of age. Yeah, my daughter's 20. She said, Dad, they're gaslighting us. <laughs> so <laughs> That's pretty good for a 20-year-old. Gaslight, yeah. I like that. Well, well I'll, I'll give you the example. So um, she was, I wouldn't say she was woke, but she probably leaned more that direction. You know, she's on the, the TikToks and, and, you know, Instagrams of the world. And, and, you know, like everybody else, you know, you want to be, you know, you – you have a heart for people, and this isn't fair, that isn't fair, questions all the time. I explain my position on things, and but I don't tell her she's wrong, I just tell her to investigate. And she graduated from college, she's 20 years old. It's awesome. Got a job, she walked into the job, and and immediately, you know, her boss and the owner are like mom and dad, and that she had a lot of respect for. And she didn't expect that because she thought maybe they were more open, okay, because the industry that she's in, I won't get into that. Okay. And they're totally uh, libertarian slash conservative, and and basically she came home. She was like, "Wow," you know. And I said, "I said, see, you went from woke to being awakened." <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, woke and, is definitely broke, but these corporations don't seem to be phased by. It. I know we're kind of going off on a tangent, but what I've noticed is with like the NBA. The, the ratings are down what fifty percent for the finals, and and during the season it was worse. And and uh, listen, I'm not going to say this as a disclaimer. Any message that says we need to treat everybody regardless of their background fairly and equally under the law, I support that. But what they're doing is victimization, and they're playing the blame game. And that's not what Martin Luther King did. He said we need to unify. And that's the way that you get real change because you have to have people buy into it. And and they're getting their butts handed to them financially. And I see no evidence they're going to change. Don't these people care about the bottom line? That's my long-winded statement to a question. Yeah, so here's my view on that. Look, the Democratic Party absolutely needs to have an engaged urban um, urban voter. Uh -huh. okay? And, you know, I think you and I can agree that, that they puffed that vote up. Okay, they're not going to get that puff this time because everybody's kind of wise to the to the deceit. But if they don't if they don't engage that and get those people agitated, get them engaged to vote, they know they're going to lose the next election. So they're they're, they're they have now went all in on 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 the racism thing. The corporations are kind of stuck because they have to get so much of their money now comes from being on the right side of government's um, a good side. So they're getting phone calls left and right. And a lot of these guys went to the same echo chamber colleges, universities, right? And, no, and nobody wants to sound like they're unfair. 
And so I think this is a, I think this is a, a shooting star, Dave, that, that if it doesn't work on the next election, the Hispanic community is becoming more of a plurality. Absolutely. 40% voted for Trump. So I think they realized that they thought they had a given a gold mine with the Hispanic community. They found out the Hispanic community is just like the rest of the Americans. You know, they're kind of split. And so they lost an easy edge. Their only edge they ever had was the 80-20 on, on black America. And that's not going to be enough going forward because they, I think they've lost all the whites right now and all the Asians. So that's why I think they're doubling down on this thing. That's why it's racism 24-7. But even that's getting old to people. Because one lady just said, she said, she goes, I'll put up with Trump's crap because my oil prices were cut in half. Yeah, that's, well, people vote their pocketbook. That's, yeah, they vote their pocketbook. That's true. But it's the, it's the uh, continual focus on racism. And like I said, I stand for equality. That's the show is based on equal treatment for all regardless of background we don't care if you're a liberal democrat if you're gay straight or indifferent you have to answer to your own conscience your own maker i judge what is it judge not lest you be judged but i'm tired of being cast as a victimizer in fact i'm just going to say this and i don't mean to sound like it's bragging but uh, my son and i were having almost the same discussion last night bob as we were driving to the gym and we walk in and uh, we're getting ready to work out, and this guy yells, Coach Hodges! And he comes up to me, and I look at him. I haven't seen this individual for probably 13, 14 years. And <clears throat> he started to tell my son how I changed his life when I recruited him to play college basketball for me. Now, he's the world champion for slam dunks, and he's played professionally. And he has all these organizations now. And he's sitting there telling my son how I changed his life. He's black. And my son and I said, isn't that funny? We were just talking about uh, how they try to create a problem that doesn't exist for most people. I mean, Bob, when's the last time you met a white supremacist? Yeah, uh, never. You know, um, and I think most people are post-racial. I know California is not. Look, my family's blended. So yeah, me too. I... We, we have two interracial marriages in our family. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it, yeah, it's not an issue. I'm going to hate my children. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, it's just so stupid. And. And, you know, I, 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 all I think it does is that they're, I think they're agitating. And even, even in, look, in the African-American community, look, 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 they've been screwed in the past. We understand that. But we need to figure out what's the best way to lift people and not, not just constantly do the wrong things just because it's expedient politically. But for the most part, more and more people are, in California, we don't even pay people a, a second didn't even get a second look, you know. I mean, you know, you, you see every combination known to man out here, and so it, it's to us. It's like it, it, the beautiful thing about a lie is if it doesn't match up to your reality, you dismiss it. Exactly, I and totally agree with that. Happening here, you know, and uh, and you know, look, and the people who are that way aren't going to change because you're trying to propagandize them, right? And the people who don't see it are dismiss you because. It's, that's not their worldview. So, but anyway, I think it's interesting. I think they're losing on all fronts, Dave. You know, for, but politics kind of leads economics, and they're, they're, they're so focused on the wrong things that they, they think what worked in the past is going to work in the future, and it's not. You just can't keep throwing money at the problem because you're going to raise the cost of living to the point where it's intolerable, and that's where we are right now. So, 
Yeah, you know, I totally agree with you. And I I think it's a bi-directional relationship, too. I think economics also pulls politics to a large extent. That's why I'm kind of shocked that some of these woke policies that are alienating former viewers and fans of professional sports leagues, why they don't stop because it's killing their bottom line. Yeah, I don't know either. It's like a... It's like you're dealing with uh, true believers. Well, I'm, I'm telling you that some of the players are speaking out. They're, they're saying, we're not. Ne- I've heard them say, we're not necessarily in line with some of the views of our league. Um, we're treated fairly. We live a privileged, privileged life, is what I've heard some of them say. And boy, that interview doesn't last very long when they, when they give that narrative. But um, yeah, I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. I, I want to go back to China for a minute, though. Um, in our pre-air discussion, we were talking about the fact that, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what I know. The dams upstream of Three Gorges are, are struggling, and it's dumping water into Three Gorges, and they're at capacity. And you were going through some effects on that for me and how it could affect things. C- c- can you run through that again real quick? Yeah, so if the Three Gorges dam, let's, say, let's not even say it doesn't collapse. Let's just say they just basically they can't hold the waters back anymore. Within, within 24 hours, 1,600 kilometers of that river is at flood stage, okay? That means there's, I think there's four or five, five million um, population cities downstream that'll be completely flooded. They're in, they're in the floodplain, they're not on the hills. One of them's Apple City, where all the iPhones are, are made, manufactured. Okay, that means they, they have to check the production of those, of the, and those facilities. Plus, that affects 400 million people. I don't know how many would be would be moved. They've already moved <coughs> a couple million people out because of the typhoon coming through. But it but that's one of the that's one of the biggest rice growing regions in the world, the in the Z. and and you know you got the wheat and corn belt getting affected by by the rains up north, and now you have the south, and that that's all headwaters for the Z. That forces these floods down into the lower valleys. That look, China's in China's in deep weeds, and and they can only paper this thing over for so long, and they're going to become increasingly dependent on the United States for food. The only thing that bothers me is that we're going to export this food, at, and it's going to cost us a fortune to live. I don't know if you remember when the Arab Spring hit. Uh, you know, uh, we had basically the price of bacon tripled. Okay, the, you know, because they were just sucking all the, all the bacon, the pork bellies right out of the country. Well, China learned from that. They just basically bought a hog processor, and they're shipping whole hogs now over to China, and and they're trying to regrow their their chicken, their poultry, and their grain, uh, their 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 uh, hog populations, and they're buying up all the corn and all the soybean they get their hands on, and it gets so it's so expensive now. The farmers in the United States are selling their corn and soybean to China and they're feeding their animals wheat and barley, okay, because it's cheaper. So, you know, it gets to the point where, you know, we're now, it's fungible across the border. So, you know, beef prices have skyrocketed, as you know. I'm now watching chicken prices go up because it used to be cheap. Now you can't get chicken for anything, you know, anything normal and price-wise now too. So it's becoming uh, problematic and, and food and energy prices are core. They can't hide those, Dave. So it's going to force the Fed to act, you know, and that if they don't want to, when they force that to act, it's going to prick the stock market bubble. 
And so they, they, they basically have a choice now. Do I crash the market or do I crash Main Street? And you can't crash Main Street when people don't eat and they can't get to work because that crashes the politicians. So, and you already have, look, the Republicans don't want to help at all because they've been screwed, right? And then you got the left, left wing, not the fascist wing of the Democratic Party, but the left, left wing is not going to support Wall Street either. So they're eventually going to lose their support, you know, in, 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 in Congress, and, and they're going to say, hey, prick the bubble. And that's why I've just been waving the flag. When food and energy prices, when they get intolerable, the Fed has to act. I've been saying this for 20 years. It doesn't matter until those things matter. It mattered in 2011. We had this, Remember we had the flash crash? Well, it's mattering again. And in 2018, when China rolled over for a big period of time, we dropped 20% in six weeks. We're at that point again. You know, if you've made great money in the stock market, you need to start thinking about, you know, lightening the load. And at Trade Genius, we have a we have a basically a strategy that that will work regardless because we'll be we'll be trading in what's called volatility. And um, I shot you some over some comments from what we did last week when the market had that little two-day hiccup. People made a fortune with us. And we show people how they can protect themselves in the markets when we start hiccuping. Because we're fracturing right now, Dave. Markets are at all-time highs, but we're fracturing. We've had three fractures in three months. That's not bullish on the market. That's that's a market that's getting scared. And 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 when that increases volatility, uh, that's where that's the safe haven. So when people bail out of the market, they're going to go long volatility. They're going to go long cash, and they're going to sell everything else. When you say long volatility and long cash, can you define in a little more detail what that means? Yeah, so cash, if you're in a stock market account, it's called money market accounts. Okay, you know, they're, they're, they're FDIC protected, so just make sure you keep less than $250,000 in each, any, any given one. And in volatility, I'm talking about VIX, V-I-X, which translates into VXX or UVXY, these are stocks that you don't normally want to own because they like to go down. But when we have market fractures, they'll, they'll, they'll like what happened last week, they went up 20% in three days. <clears throat> and so <clears throat> you know, our algorithm saw it, we bought it, and then we turned right around Dave and we flipped it short. So we made money going up and we made money coming down on the recovery. Is that what you mean about trading with volatility? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's it's very 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 profitable if if you understand the season you're in, and we are now in volatility season. Why is it that so many other brokers, shall we call them mainstream brokers, why don't they see that? Is it a one size fits all, or what's the problem in, across the market? Because investors are complaining like crazy about their brokers. Well, yeah, because the indexes are at all time highs, but sixty percent of the market is under is is below their their. 20-day and 50-day moving averages. So it's really we're rotting underneath the markets. So people are pissed, all-time highs, but their portfolios aren't reflecting it because the way the indexes are constructed. Look, here's the problem, Dave. In 2008, a lot of them got sued because they weren't being fiduciarily responsible. So they all went to these passive funds that are tied to your, you, you sign off on your risk tolerances, and everybody's in the same boat now. So if you oh, 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 no, no, no. One size fits all, huh? Yeah, so if you're 55 
and you're low risk, they put you in this set of funds. If you're 50 and aggressive, they put you in these set of funds, you signed off. But they don't trade them every day, Dave. They let the indexes do all the work for them unless you pour your money out. And so money's been pouring into the markets, but they keep going to the same 10 stocks. Everything else seems to fall. When those 10 stocks fall, Dave, it's KD bar the door. So we're lucky because I don't have to live in that environment. We just show people how they can get around it and profit from it. Before, we go, to, before we go to the solutions, can I ask you what those stocks are? Yeah. The, the 10 stocks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're talking Apple, Amazon, Google, Netflix, Tesla. You know, basically the 10, the 10 highest market capitalization weighted stocks in the market. They're, 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 they're over 30% of the movement in SPY, by the way. And you think they're in trouble? No, when they get in trouble, we're in trouble. Okay, I see. So they, they still have to stumble into their trouble. But you just mentioned like if the uh, Three Gorges Dam has major problems and the flooding goes downstream and it hits Apple City, there, there goes Apple. Right, and, and look, Amazon's just shared it up, Bezos. <clears throat> you look, they don't even have to go down. If they just stop going up, the market falls. So it's just, it's really a perverse, it's called market capitalization weighted indexes. You have passive income. You gotta remember too, Dave, people are retiring in droves. So they're gonna be drawing money out of the markets right now as well. So you have all these things starting to go against the market and the Fed has been a big, big supplier of cash into these markets. And if they have to stop supplying cash into these markets because they have to protect, right, against inflation, that's another bad guy to the market. So we're just at that point, you know, but that's my thesis, but I don't care because all I do is look at the money flow. And, and if the money starts flowing into these volatility funds, we go long. If they start topping out, we go short. Look, you know, silver and gold miners are up today. You know, we started buying those last week because we saw money start going into them. So that's all we, because we're short-term traders. You know, we're not day traders, but we're in, th you know, three days to two weeks kind of environment because we think that's the most profitable area for us to trade. And it gives people the most flexibility. Wow. That's, um, we're, we're in such a crossroads. I think that's a good way to put it. So what does the smart person do right now to navigate these turbulent waters? And well, let me give you one more thing to it before I go into that question. Um, I've been told, and I don't know if you know this or not, but if the Three Gorges Dam floods tremendously, it doesn't have to even break, that our pharmaceuticals will be in grave danger and we get 97% of our pharmaceuticals out of China. Well, guess what? Guess what uh, region of, of China, Hubei province, that's the pharmaceutical capital world. Guess what sits below the Three Gorges Dam? Oh, my. Hubei province. Oh, my. <laughs> and, and also, I've been told about 99% of all antibiotics comes out of there, too. Yeah. I mean, look, it's um, right. It, I'm just saying we, China and the United States, they all talk about them fighting each other. We're in a, we're, we're in a death embrace with each other. <laughs> we we so totally need each other. That's why I always laugh about we're going to go to war with China. No, we're not. You know, we we're in a death embrace with China. And, and uh, you know, we had detente with Russia. We have this kind of capitalism detente with, with China. Look, you know, we need they need us to survive. We need them to have our standard of living. 
So, and so, yeah. Can we go into solutions for this though? I like, cause I think there's more to, to bring to bear cause you're right about where China's at. So let me throw the other side of the equation in there. Bitcoin uh, and Tether, uh, loan defaults, global depression. I mean, uh, can we, let's walk down that path of uh, these possibilities. Yeah, so, um, you know, we'll get some sort of fracture that'll scare people. They'll try to buy that back and then we'll just fracture down just kind of like what's happened in 2008. So, you know, the stock market, anything that's high beta or these high market cap stocks are gonna go. Without a doubt. So all the indexes that you're in are in big trouble. And it's gonna go, go, and go, and go for, you know, two or three months. It's just gonna keep falling. They call it the slope of hope. Every time it bounces, you think it's over and it's gonna go even lower. That's number one. Number two, volatility funds are gonna do extremely well in that environment. And then the first thing that's gonna recover is gonna be is gonna be gold miners, silver miners. And cryptos is kind of like an unknown because we don't know but we've not seen Bitcoin in a stress environment like 2008. So we're not sure if it's gonna be a safe haven or if it's gonna be a liquidity thing. I know for true believers, they believe that it's gonna sidestep it, but um, I can't afford to be wrong, so we're just watching. But look, we have a program, our algorithm tells us when to get in. We got into Bitcoin at three, you know, um, at $30,000, okay, last week. That's really good. We, and we closed at 38,000 on yeah. our swing trade. And so, you know, so we have a swing trade. And then also, Dave, is I know you were going to let me bring this up a little bit later, but we also have what's called a short term Sentinel program where our, our algorithm, our AI, uh, will send an automatic notification via Discord through a script. It looks at the market, crypto market, every five minutes, all the crypto pairs. And if it sees a buy signal on a five minute time frame, it'll send it to our subscribers and tell them, hey, there's a buy signal here on this particular crypto pair. Then it's up to you whether or not you wanna chase it or not. And so it's a really cool, really cool feature. We've been using it internally, and now we're gonna offer it to our clients. And in fact, any of your clients that signed up with us this week, uh, we're gonna offer it as part of any crypto bundle that they, they purchase. They can uh, get that at uh, no additional charge for a year. And so it's really cool. And That's so pretty good. What kind of about, what kind of rate of return on investment does your group typically get? Well, I mean, look, crypto in the first quarter, we 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 were over one thousand percent. So <laughs> second quarter, a, a thousand. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> Give me back my air. A thousand percent. Yeah, the way we traded it. And the second wow. second quarter has been flat to down a little bit, and then and then you know third quarter starting off pretty good. So the stock market. You know, are annualized on our trades. It's all on our track record. You, people can review it on the on on the site. Is um, any trade that we put out to our subscribers? You know, we're averaging over 250% annualized. Two out of every three trades is a winner. So this is not guru based. We have our AIs running. They tell us the trades. We look at them. We put the ones out we think are going to work. The Sentinel program will just put the trade straight out there for people. They can make a decision on whether or not they want to trade them or not. So it's just the next step in our evolution. And um, because who wants to look at watch lists all day? We just push the trade out to you and you can determine whether or not it fits with you. Yeah, our AI is really good, Dave. So Yeah, that, it sounds here. like it's uh, more than good. Sounds yeah, like and it's I, record and I numbers. I shot you some notes to show people. This was, these are people trading the 
just the, what I just sent you was the last five or six days of, of comments. So yeah. we nailed it on energy. We nailed it on volatility. You know, we, we nailed it on the market going down and coming back. And, and, and we're telling you August is going to be a, an interesting month. The fall is going to be a fall to remember in the markets. Wow. <laughs> That's all I got to say is that the return on investment is just staggering. Um, so is it that you're successful versus the brokers that aren't because of the one size fits all that they do, they insist on? Yeah, we don't even see the brokers as competition. You know, we're, we're here really to help people um, that want to gain control of their 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 uh, financials is that we think we have the best system. It's a very effective trading system. And the nice thing about it, we actually teach you how to use it, Dave. We don't just like, it's not like a black box. You actually have access to the indicators right on right on your charts. So you can trade things we don't trade. We don't trade everything. You know, there's a huge market out there. And so there's opportunities galore that we don't we don't even look at. So we teach you how to do it. So we'll teach you how to fish. We'll give you the right fishing equipment. We'll give you the indicators and our algorithms to work from, which they're awesome. Nobody does that. And then we also uh, will throw you some fish every day and we'll get you in the right fishing grounds. So we throw trades out a little bit every day. Like last week, we put people on AG. Look at AG today. We put people on XLE and USO and oil and they're, they popped. We put people long VXX and we put people short VXX. They both made money. Those are the trades we did last week. And one guy showed a note that didn't even send you. He said, Bob, I, paid, I took a month vacation and I paid my rental. <laughs> wow. So, you know, I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying, you know, we're Lambo guys. All I'm saying is that we have a really good system and people, I encourage people to take it. So I, I guess the message is this, is what we learned in the depression. A lot of people don't know this. It's not taught in many history classes, but there were more, I was reading this, more millionaires created after the crash than before the crash. Yeah, I mean, did you know about that? It was a, it was a ideal time for you to buy to start a business and to buy a business. The people that got hammered were people that were leveraged, and and uh, you know the rest of the country just kind of trucked on. You know, my 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 mother in law grew up in the depression. She said they hardly noticed that they were in Ohio. You know, she goes, we had people, we had people come in the door begging and stuff like that, and we we took care of them. But you know, it wasn't a great time, but it wasn't like you know, we're all kicked in the streets. So, but if you're leveraged, you know, life gets pretty interesting. <laughs> Where do you think most Americans fall down today? If you were looking at a percentage pie, what would you say? This group is going to be okay because of what they're doing. This group is headed for disaster. How would you break it down? Well, I think the boomers are probably, you know, the boomers that won't get an inheritance are probably going to have a diminished lifestyle. And the government's going to have to probably do more for them, or or they're going to be poverty stricken. You know, the people that are in the biggest trouble those group right behind them because they never saved anything and they don't own anything. But my daughter's generation, I think they're going to be just fine. Prices are going to eventually come down to them, and and um, and I think they're pretty savvy. These kids, I think, are pretty savvy. Well, you're, you know, you're right. I want to reinforce what you just said. You're talking about the Gen Z kids. Yeah. And I've been reading some profiles and public opinion polls on Gen Z. One, they're 60% opposed to, strongly opposed to cancel culture. 
that's one. So they're not buying into the negative message, America's bad. So they're they're programming their minds, in my opinion, to look for success as opposed to looking for reasons to fail. And and, and that's a characteristic of Gen Z. My son fits into that too, and, and he is right there in terms of taking ownership over his success. And then what also I, I'm, I'm seeing is that the millennials, the group you know that's older than they are, I think it's a group you're referencing, they're, they're for cancel culture, they're for socialism, they're for the handouts, and that's the group you're talking about that's gonna be destroyed when they're retired. That's, is that what you're referring to? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Listen to my daughter, they, you know, the, 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 the millennials were always complaining and, 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 and my daughter's like, hey, get a job. <laughs> you know, she has two jobs. You know, she came right out of school, being, she had two offers right away, she took them both, because neither one of them were full time. And she's, she's making great money. You know, they, these kids are comfortable in this chaotic environment, and and um, you know they're just gonna have we're just gonna have to have some 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 sort of deflation in in a pullback that so these kids can grow into their uh, you know into their wealth. But you know, I they, they they all work hard. Every kid I know, all my daughter's friends, a lot of, they all have jobs. They're all working. They have, their hard work doesn't scare them, and and college to them is not necessarily the end-all be-all and so um, yeah i've seen that too yeah so i'm pretty comfortable you know but look it makes we have to go through these these periodic hard times don't make it harder on yourself <laughs> you know get on the right <laughs> side of the trades get on the right side of your life and and fight and fight through this but don't don't put your head in the sand well yeah and you're the thing about the gen z kids i see now I'm going to speak to you here as a former mental health therapist. What these kids are witnessing right now and the work ethic they're displaying says that they have a good amount of resilience. They can they can respond to failure. And uh, they also realize that nothing's guaranteed to them, so they're going to be more adaptable as circumstances change. That's, that's how I see them. Yeah, I think they're comfortable with chaos a little bit. Yeah, exactly. That, thank you. You put that much better, much better than I did. Okay, you know, we always do this, whether you sell a book or you've got a business, we tell people towards the end of our interview, you know, let's go through and talk about some things that you're doing. We've kind of already alluded to that. So let, let's start with that. You're kind of branching into a new service with regard to cryptocurrency. Yeah, we're adding on to our current environment. So we have today, we provide trade signals, we teach you how to trade, and we have chat rooms. That's all part of the service. But in addition, to that is that if you if you join any of our crypto bundles, which are pre-selected 65% off already, they're already pre-discounted, we're gonna put in this Sentinel program for you too. And not everybody has it yet, it's, it's still not public, but it's a great program, we use it ourselves personally and, and with, with great effect. And now we're starting to offer it to our subscribers and basically what it is, is that all the watch lists that you have, you know, looking at Coinbase or Bittrex, we watch all those pairs on a five-minute basis. If it's if it's a if it's what's called a high probability setup, we'll push out a notification for you for you to evaluate. If, and these are for scalping. Until Bitcoin gets out of its consolidation range, scalping has been very profitable, and we want we want more people to take a look at at being able to do that. But that's for your listeners, Dave, and they can take advantage of it by Saturday. The, the stock bundles are still the same. And then if anybody just wants to get anything not bundled, they can just use promo code SUMMER40% off. 
and um, and I think you'll like our service. We price it very fairly, and we give way more value than what we charge for. Yeah, I, I get that too. I, the people that are in my audience that have that have uh, done or doing trade genius, what they tell me, they said the process starts like this: you get these vignettes, and you watch them. And then you've got the chat rooms. You can go in and talk to the experts that will guide you. And they also give tips. So as you've said before, we teach people how to fish, but then we throw them a fish. And then the, a couple of people have told me they're involved in uh, this computer-based algorithm that tells them when to buy, sell, and hold. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, so that you can build alerts in anything that you want to follow. And then it literally will... Um... It literally will will alert you saying you got a buy signal on this indicator or this this algorithm, and then you can then go ahead and, and make that trade. Some people take it a step further. You can write a script out of TradingView and send it right to your broker too. So it's 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 a pretty cool um, pretty cool system, and and, um, and yeah. So it leaves up the chance. You sit here. You probably heard when we we're talking today. You probably heard a couple of beeps and bumps. Uh, or I did. Yeah. So, those are those are alerts going off on my system while we're talking. So um, yeah, so it, it it just operates automatically, and you know you don't have to boil the ocean if there's two or three stocks you like to trade. If we don't follow them, you know you you get the buy signal. Uh, these are high probability setups, and you take the trades and you uh, um, you profit from it, and um, it works really well. We have some people that trade one or two stocks only, and. You know, they don't get their value from me, from my signals. They get their value from the algorithm. And so, uh, so yeah, we make it a complete package. Some people don't like to use the algorithm. They just want to hear the trades and take them. You know, some people just want to be in the chat room, be, be around like-minded people. You know, yeah, so yeah. whatever floats your boat. And, uh, and some people just want to be educated. They do their own thing completely. And so, like, we're having a conversation. I have those in the chat room all day long. Bob, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? What do you think about this? If this happens, what about that? So we try to provide a full service. Yeah, but it's an alternative service, though, to the mainstream. You know, and we're seeing that in so many areas. People are storing food because they're worried about food inflation or the food shortages. And then, you know, people are uh, they're moving into alternative uh, currencies like gold, silver, um, crypto, like what you're talking about. Uh, and then people, I see this in churches where they don't feel the pastors have the, the the sense to stand up to evil in society and home Bible studies are flourishing. People are homeschooling. <laughs> There's a pattern there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, we could do another podcast on that whole thing. I call it peak centralization. Yeah, bingo, people, bingo. People are but, realizing that. You but know, we don't have time to do that because, <laughs> Bob, we're out of time. Real quick. TradeLikeAGenius.com is where people go to find out more about what you do. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on here today and enlightening the audience on the trends. I feel better from talking to you. So thanks so much for joining us, Bob. Have a great week. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Thanks.